Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. I was a little bit bummed. More movies are getting canceled and pushed back. And one of them... It's the exact type of movie I love to hate. Tom Hanks is going to play a cowboy in a movie, and he's going to find a young girl who was raised by Indians and doesn't speak the language. So it's America's favorite Tom Hanks. Um, he, we love him. He's Mr. Rogers. He's, he's Captain Courageous. He's the guy who could land a plane in a river. He's like, he, he can live on a, an island all with a, with a volleyball. Like we love Ty. I think Tom Hanks is the most overused and overrated actor of all time. Just my opinion, but I'm tired of seeing him, but he's going to be in a new movie. Um, called news of the world. And the only thing I, it's another one of those, how do how does one say it? Politically correct. I'm trying to find the words. The girl's raised by savages, and we have to. She's going to teach us about the world, and we're not going to teach her about the world. It's, it's it's we know what's coming, right? But it's been delayed, and I just throw that out there because they're saying she's Oscar worthy in her performance, and she's probably ten years old. And by the time she comes out, she's probably going to be like fourteen with pimples. That's what it feels like. But again, America's going to miss a chance to see Tom Hanks, the beloved actor in a movie. That's the sacrifices we're making during COVID. I know you're saying, don't make fun of COVID. Don't make fun of COVID. I'm not. I'm just, I want that world to get back to normal. And it doesn't seem to be getting there as fast as we want it to. Take a look at the markets. Um, Nothing going on. It's kind of like the Wizard of Oz. The man behind the curtain. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Keep on moving. Today's a wash. Jobs report beats expectations. Wholesale inventories revised higher. That's an economic data point that I should hit on occasion. Inventories. Um, it's heavily tied towards manufacturing and working hours. When we build inventories, um, <laughs> there's no need to go to work. And companies are like, hey, Rob, punch out. We got enough of it. And if I'm punching out, I'm not getting paid. If I'm not getting paid, I'm not having that extra money to pay my mortgage or go on vacation or buy cigarettes or whatever it is that I'm buying with that money. So we do pay attention to inventories. And on a different business level strategy class, um, building inventories could be a sign of problems. So wholesale inventories revised higher in September. It's not an alarming data point today. 
and that's why I don't bring it up. That's not why I hound on it. Um, if I saw a substantial build in inventories, let me give you some examples. If we have too many homes for sale, home prices fall. If we have too many um, cars on the lot, we don't need to make more cars. If we don't need to make more cars, we're not buying rubber, we're not buying steel, we're not melting steel, we're not uh, getting the tow truck guy's business, we're not you know, driving trucks across the country, we're not delivering the paint stores who make auto paint aren't doing their job. We clock out. Um, supply and demand is a very important part of our economy. And inventories, it's, it's critical that we don't get too much building. Like when you saw oil, we got too much oil. America, uh, the world wasn't traveling in March and April. And we got oils to the point that like it went negative. In my lifetime, I'm going to be able to tell my kids, you won't remember this kids, but oil was free once. I've seen it at $150 a barrel in my lifetime and I've seen it at negative. Whoa, right? So inventories are pretty crucial, pretty critical, in my opinion, um, of things that you want to watch. But I'm not going to bring it up because it's incredibly boring. It's dull. And I don't want to be a dolt or a dullard. Amazon, a friend of Kohl's. Kohl's is a department store. And they said a couple years ago, if you want to return your packages to Amazon, just bring them here and we'll put them in a box and Amazon will pick them up from us. It's worked out well for Kohl's. Um, if you don't want to go to a UPS store for whatever reason, maybe they're slow. Doesn't it feel like every time you go to a UPS store, the guy in front of you has decided to ship a guitar to his son back on the East Coast and he's shocked that he has to get a special box for a guitar and he's shocked that it costs $60, $70 to, to send it. And he's like, oh, I can't believe that. And what should be a two-minute transaction turns into a 15-minute transaction. That's, that's me at UPS every time I go in. Now you see why I hate people. Because <laughs> that happens to me everywhere I go. So I'd rather take a re return to Kohl's, per se. My spouse buys rugs online, and she returns them all the time. I'm like, well, first and foremost, we don't go through that many rugs. But I'm like, why would you buy a rug online? She goes, I just kind of want to see what it looks like. <laughs> and I'm like, returning that's going to be a pain in the butt, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And she, she just takes it to Kohl's and dumps it there and says, take it back. It's like, whoa. Coronavirus pandemic has forced many Americans into their home. And as we've been in our home, we've been doing more Amazon. As we've been doing more Amazon, we've also been saying, you know, uh, we need new linens we need new throw pillows so Kohl's and it's working it's a nice relationship we don't always say that about amazon a lot of the stories on amazon are they're a mean company they're putting mom and pops out of business um but Kohl's is thriving where jc Penney's and lord and taylor failed and they figured out a nice relationship it's almost like that symbiotic that it works for both parties i don't know 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money investing and more. Um, one of the more interesting stories this week was Jack Ma's anti-PO and Xi Jinping, the leader of China, exerting control and saying, we want to regulate the fintech. And what Jack Ma just said about fintech was so stupid. We're going to pull this IPO and slap him around a little bit in private. I like that they're 
leader says, we got to regulate financial tech because it's a little too cray cray. I think it's a little cray cray in America. A couple weeks ago, I had a producer that he only lasted about a year. He was a young man. And I think I'm on producer 14 now in my six year career <laughs> at this station. Um, but that's, I digress. It's not me, or is it? <laughs> but um, he would get on Robinhood and buy and sell stocks and thought he was a genius. I don't, I, I kind of like the fact that China's stopping and saying, we need some regulation on this stuff. And the Communist Party is flexing their muscle in China. And it, this is a situation where I, I kind of agree with the Communist Party. I, I don't think financial institutions should be loosey-goosey with funding levels and with loan levels and with oversimplifying complex financial decisions that have material impacts. Um, this isn't a scratcher. It's real money. I know you're saying you hate scratchers, don't you? I hate scratchers. I find that people that buy lottery tickets, <laughs> let's just say Darwin's going to get them. The old Darwinian wood chipper got to fire it up. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. The NBA said yesterday that they're going to try to get back on before Christmas. And if they want to use that Christmas holiday, it's probably the launching point of the new season. Um, I I love sports when they're a distraction. I I get it. Um, I would watch little children play hockey right now. If I could watch five year old kids play hockey, it's an it's a distraction. I'd I'd love it. I, they don't even have to be my kids, kind of thing. I just want to see distractions. I hope you find ways to distract yourself. I read an incredible amount of books. That's my distraction. Um, I've never met a, a reader bigger than me, ever. Um, I've never seen anyone, well, some old people who stay up all night long because they can't sleep and they read more than me. But I probably, that's my thing. I once went through the list of, as a kid, <laughs> when I hit college, there's a list of the 100 greatest books. I read like 96, 97 of them. <laughs> like, and the only reason I didn't read the other three was because they weren't interesting to me. Um, and there's things like Shakespeare. and There's just incredible things to distract yourself with. I hope you don't get into this Democrat versus Republican thing as a distraction. I hope it's, it's getting pretty vile out there on Facebook. Just people are mean. Like there's stuff that they say that I wouldn't even come out of my mouth. And I, I grow, I grew up from a family of four, five boys. Um, I was the youngest. You think I had it easy? No chance. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Election day marks case surge. Uncertainty is boosting pharmaceutical stocks right now. Um, in portfolios, a lot of what I'm seeing right now is a heavy weighting on healthcare. 
and that's not a bad thing. We're consuming more healthcare. We're getting older as a nation. And whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, sometimes the laws are going to change that make it really easy to make money in healthcare stocks for the short term. But I, the only thing I care about is long term. My mom, when she had me, probably at the age of, let's guess, 30, wasn't taking any pills. She was smoking. <laughs> that explains everything, right? She wasn't smoking hot. She was smoking cigarettes. Um, but she's on 10 to 12 pills a day. And I just see that as an investment. When you go from point A to point B, it's pretty obvious that I'm going to start taking pills at some point in time. Historic Election Day also marked the second highest daily coronavirus case count at more than 91,000. Now we've cracked 100,000 new cases a day. That's just phenomenal. That's a big number. And again, if you do it for 10 days in a row, that's 1 million people. And we're a country of how many millions? 350 million? So it's starting to like, the numbers are getting impressive, <laughs> to say the least. All eyes are kind of on the European lockdowns, with the Netherlands extending restrictions and Italy preparing to issue new ones right now. France has cut back heavily. Uh, Europe is, uh, UK is saying, you know, you got to stay home. And if you don't, we're going to make it even more restrictive than telling you to stay at home. So you got to own some health care. I'll say this in a weird way. This isn't going to be the last pandemic you go through. If you believe Bill Gates, and I tend to believe Bill Gates. Sorry. I'm playing my poker hand. And I know that Microsoft was an evil company under his influence. I know it. They were the evil empire. They were the Darth Vader. They were the, the people oppressing the rebellion. But I think it's pretty smart. Cuckoo kachoo man. Cuckoo kachoo. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. There's not a lot of stories right now. There's earnings here and there, but the bulk of the earnings season is behind us. And we're in election news, election news, election news. Um, we will get to the point where we're talking about Black Friday again. We will get to the point where... How many Americans saved during the pandemic? What's your 401k worth now versus then? Stocks are wavering today after strong gains, and it feels normal to me. The 10-year treasury is at 83 basis points, getting us back to where we were, where we should be going towards the 2.5-3%. Now, let me say this and be very clear. When the 10-year treasury gets to 3, 3.5%, I'm going to be cursing it. I'm going to be mad at it. I'm going to be angry at it and be like, how dare you make money more expensive and keep it competitive with inflation? But the easy money in stocks are right now, in my opinion, and it's not easy. I should change that term. The, the conditions are favorable for stocks when the 10-year treasury is under 1%, when it's under 75 basis points, when it's under 50. When it was there, I wish I had more money. When it's at 3.5%, I'm going to be like, oh, I wish I would have sold some stocks when I was back at 2%. It's going to be a lot tougher. Unemployment falls to 6.9%. Hiring climbs more than expected. That feels good saying it out loud. 
it's almost like I don't want to believe it because I live in a bubble. I live in California where my guess is, um, I'm talking to my producer and he's, he skews probably, um, more moderate than the typical Californian. And he said something along the lines of X amount of votes were found all in favor of Biden. That's suspicious. In my town, it wouldn't surprise me if the whole town voted for Biden. Like, that's what a bubble I live in. I live in one of the most liberal cities in the most liberal states in the country. Um, so I realize that sometimes I'm in a bubble. What else is there? The stay-at-home trend didn't stop electronic arts revenue from falling. How's that possible? I don't like electronic arts. I like Activision. I own shares of Activision. I don't own shares of electronic arts. Um, I like Activision's intellectual property of video games. I don't like electronic arts still pulling out another Madden game. Seriously? And then when you do a Madden game, you have to pay the NFL because the NFL, they get, it's like the Playboy Bunny. Um, you put our logo on it, you pay us money. It's like the Trump brand. You put our, my name on a building, you pay me money. I don't even have to build it. Brands are very, very powerful. And I don't like electronic arts tied towards the NFL. It's that simple and that stupid, right? We'll talk about that and much, much more. Stay tuned. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Couple things trying to give perspective about what you're listening to, and hopefully it helps. Um, I grew up in a military family and we grew up overseas. And I grew up with four older brothers. Um, I think that perspective should tell you a lot about me. Uh, we were encouraged by my father to argue with each other as a mathematical formula where one day I had to be a Democrat at the table and the next day I had to be a Republican. He wanted us to be well thought out. Um, so I don't look at Republicans and Democrats with like, it doesn't get me stirred up. <laughs> it's getting a lot of people stirred up right now. We've learned that. But I've got a brother who's a judge. Uh, he, taught, he was my mentor as a kid. My dad was checked out as an alcoholic. Like he, he couldn't parent had to and when he did he was awful at it um, my dad famously made brownies once for the kids and he forgot to put eggs in them you don't put eggs in the brownie mix and it turns into kind of rock or granite it's no good it's no good but try to learn perspective and i try to bring a sense of fairness because my brother's a judge and when he what he did for college was he joined the rotc and he joined the, essentially the Marines, paid for his grad school, um, his law school. And it was great because when you come out of serving three years in the military for them paying for your college, every law firm wants you because you're military trained. Um, you're considered one of the best of the best. As a prosecutor, he had to say, this Marine was out of control and he hit a woman and he drank alcohol. And he needs to be court-martialed. But then the next year, they make him be, defend those same people. They cross-train. If you could learn to cross-train yourself, you'll be a better investor. I truly believe that my brother David largely influenced my life because he taught me fairness. Um, and the military, my dad, like, 
uh, I wasn't allowed to make fun of people of color um, because they served with my dad. My dad was a colonel, so he was their CEO, so to speak. He was the he was in charge of maybe taking them into war and killing them. My dad served two tours in Vietnam. Um, he was a very potent man because in those little few months that he was back, he made my mom pregnant twice. <laughs> once with my brother Michael and once with me. And we were like 14 months apart, which tells you there wasn't a lot of time. Um, I got a, my brother Michael is a scientist in Japan. He's a he studies like um, toxic. Uh, so I can't even explain it. <laughs> like asbestos things. Like he's he's a smart dude. My brother is a judge. I'm a financial guru of sorts. I hate to toot my own horn, but um, it was because we were taught fairness. We weren't taught to be right. And we were never allowed to gloat when we did something better. Uh, we were taught to be competitive, but it, it's funny because like, I won't play cards with anyone because I'm too competitive. Um, I won't do it. I'll play against the house if I could beat them, but I'm not going to you know, play Monopoly with you because uh, I'll make you want to flip the board <laughs> and cry. Electronic arts, back to electronic arts. They said that they've decided um to begin paying out a quarterly dividend that's interesting electronic arts makes video games it's a growth sector they've got a new console coming out two new consoles coming out they've got smarter and faster uh, phones and augmented reality virtual reality they've got areas where they should be growing but electronic arts is like we're going to start giving you some money for owning our shares it's a dividend that you're an owner in the company i loved electronic arts as a kid the very first I had a uh, Commodore 64. I had a TI-99. I was into computers. I got computers. The reason I'm as successful as I am on radio and television is because I understood technology. I was born at the right time. So I became a very good tech investor. Um, they used to have a game called Bird versus Johnson. It was Larry Bird versus Magic Johnson. And it was ridiculously pixelated, bad graphics. But I'd play that game 30 minutes a day, every day after school, religiously. And maybe showing that I might be a little racist, I used the Caucasian player for the deep shots, and I used the person of color for the more finesse plays kind of thing, if that makes any sense. Like, wow. I don't like electronic arts paying a dividend. It upsets me. They should be embracing technology and using every penny that they make to get into new areas. Or not. Video game maker posted income of 185 million, which amounts to about 63 cents a share, compared with the profit um, from last year. That was greater. One of the things that happens right before a new console comes out is people stop buying video games because they're waiting for the next generation. Um, revenue fell pretty aggressively about $200 million, $1.3 billion to $1.1 billion. They should have had a better quarter than they did because Microsoft thrived with the Xbox. Activision thrived. Take-Two thrived. Why didn't Electronic Arts? Because they have the wrong product. And the fact that they're announcing a dividend, it just makes me go, that smells of, I think I just stepped in dog poop. I don't want to look at my shoe. I don't want to look at electronic arts because I think they just stepped in dog poop. The best thing that electronic arts has right now, in my opinion, is their FIFA soccer. 
But FIFA is the most corrupt organization in the world. Uh, that is 120% true. Even though nothing could be 120%, it could only be 100%. So this weekend, if you're with your spouse and she goes, go to the gym and give 110%, go, come on, get your math straight. You can only give 100%. Thank you, Ron Burgundy, for supporting me. Vote Rob Black. FIFA is way better than Madden, but they both, EA is beholden to these big companies that say, if you want to use our imagery or our players or our logos, you're going to have to pay up. I don't really see that intellectual property problems that Electronic Hearts has really playing out in Activision or Take-Two. Just throwing it out there. Florida, Florida voted for a higher minimum wage. Um, that seems to be something that is slowly happening after years of not happening, and then it slowly happens, and it doesn't happen, and then it slowly happens. Um, I look at what I made in minimum wage when I was a teenager versus what it is now. I'm like, you kids don't know how good you got it kind of thing in radio. Just so everyone knows, just to be clear, I make minimum wage. Um, I love doing this. This is the best job on the planet and it's given me a sense of a legacy that I've helped people. Uh, just throwing that out there. I'm not as motivated by the things that you think I'd be motivated for. So unemployment falls to 6.9%. 6.9% is hiring climbs more than expected. Uh, the unemployment rate under 7% is a good thing for the US economy. It's not great. It's good. It shouldn't create a lot of wage inflation because there's still a lot of job openings. Um, wage inflation tends to happen when you have unemployment around 3 4% and everyone wants to hire, but there's no one to hire. The three or 4% that's not hired probably don't want a job or are unattractive on resumes. So it allows someone like me to say, well, I want to work with a bigger station, make more money. And I, I negotiate my way into that kind of thing. Well, no wage inflation. Chinese President Xi Jinping has been not the best leader as far as human rights goes, as far as anti-corruption campaigns of cracking down on political foes. But this week, Xi Jinping brought into a business clash. And China has a pretty big history of shutting down businesses. I like China as an opportunity, but I hate China's ability to shut down businesses. So I look at China as gravy. I don't look at it as meat for my portfolio. When I do get like an ancillary player like an Apple who has exposure to China, both in manufacturing and distribution of phones. Um, and it's a status symbol where the Chinese want to be more Western Americanized. So they're like an Apple phone's better than a homegrown product. I kind of get it. But I think one of the bigger problems is that they can shut down companies and that they do on occasion kind of flex their communist muscle. Um, it makes me very weary there's two guys on radio, and I won't bring up their name, but they're financial people. And 15 years ago, they were talking about Yukos, Yukos Oil. And it's like, it's like Exxon, but it's Russian Exxon. And they were all stoked about it. You know, like it's, you know, Russia's growing up. They want to be an economic superpower. You know, here's an example of they've brought a company to Wall Street. 
they're a shining example of of business. And it was just a corrupt, corrupt play. And then Putin's like, I want it. It's mine. Took it from the owner, put the owner in jail. Company went to zero. I, I, I don't buy Russian stocks for that one reason. And I like I knew that. And I knew these guys were making a massive mistake. That they didn't get that there's something called political risk. There's inflation risks. There's stock market risks. There's, you know, devaluing of the dollar risks. There's so many levels of risk tied towards any one financial decision you make on Wall Street. These guys were oblivious to the idea that they've, they liked the stock that was essentially in a communist country. And you can sit there and drink the Kool-Aid and go, ooh, Russia, they got blue jeans and they got uh, Billy Joel playing concerts. Woo! But these guys hurt so many radio listeners. I was like, I need to talk about political risk on occasion. I need to talk about country risk. I need to talk about currency risk. But you need to understand risk in your portfolio as well. I can't be the only one who, who acknowledges it. There's a lot of things you don't know, but guess what? You don't know. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Have a good weekend if this is your last segment with me. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Okay. Thanks for staying with me all year long and for 20 plus years. I have listeners that have listened for 20 years and I don't get it because ultimately what I want to do is teach you how to do this on your own. And now that I'm at that 50 year punch card, I want to teach someone else to do this down the road. Um, just be the, the smart uncle who can help everyone in the family with money. Um, I hope you guys have gotten yourselves into a pretty good situation over the last 20 years because the market's been very generous and part of the market being generous in my opinion has been specifically tied to uh, believe it or not terrorism I know you're saying where is this going Rob well in 2001 the world stopped on 9-11 and said whoa Terrorism could be a pretty big thing. Before it was like, it sucked that it happened at the Olympics and took out part of the Israeli Olympic team. And it sucks that that plane got taken down, but it was just a plane in the middle of the Pacific Ocean or a plane in the Atlantic. It was never on U.S. soil. And I don't know what happened specifically, but at that point in time, we entered a period of lower interest rates forever, it feels like. So my mortgage in 2001 sat at, I think it was 11% on the second and like 9% on the first one. I carried two mortgages on one house. The second one was essentially my down payment. And that's how the mortgage industry and the real estate industry worked. But I'm talking 9 and 11%. Now you can get a mortgage 2.7%, 2.8% on a 30 year. That's remarkable. That has created so much wealth. My housing costs have been locked in at a low cost. And I'm, I'm blaming terrorism. I know you're saying, that's a weird jump, Rob. 
But the only thing I can tell you is that's when the Federal Reserve started cutting interest rates aggressively and forevermore, it feels like. So who was that bad man? Do we remember his name, Osama bin Laden? Oh, yes, I guess we do. It came back a little too. He probably has made me wealthier because he's turned America into a we have to stimulate the economy to keep people shopping with low interest rates. I could be wrong tying those two events together, but I feel like that's about right. Bizarre, right? I know you're saying, well, but what about the dot-com revolution that happened two or three years before Osama bin Laden? True, true that, true that, true that. The internet did come along. And I was working for a powerful FM station where it was fantastic. I had a program director who went on to become the program director at Sears Satellite Radio guy named Jeremy, and he was a little British guy. And when I say little British guy, he's the cliche five foot five little British guy. Cool accent, but he's tiny. Like he, he He's like a mouse size kind of thing. He's like a fun size human being. <laughs> and fun size candy bars aren't fun, for the record. Just for the record, they suck. Full size candy bars were where it's at. Um, but he programmed me in a different way on an FM station than he would program me on an AM station. Right now I'm on an AM station. It's a different mentality. Um, he had a lot of fun with it. So I had a sponsor on that station that built websites. And I know you're saying 2001. Let's think about that for a second. 2000. Holy mackerel. You're talking about the first dot-com era when dot-coms were a thing. When Rob Black got robblack.com. When Rob Black signed up for robblackshow.com and it cost something like $49 for a year or $99 for three years kind of thing. And his sponsor had this thing because if he, he was funny because he had a lisp. And I'm not making fun of people with lisp, but it seems like a bad idea to put a lisp into a commercial. Like he had a bad lisp, like a Sylvester the Cat lisp. He would say, if you're not a dot com, you're a dot nothing. So if you don't, if you're not a dot com, you're a dot nothing like that was okay. So that helped for sure investing. But to me, it was terrorism. It's the weirdest thing to say out loud, but I guess a couple things helped if you were to put it into a better term. Tesla unveils the Tesla tequila for $250. They've had Tesla tequila, Tesla flamethrowers. Is this man not good at getting some headlines when it becomes a little boring? So sometime before I went to sleep and sometime before I woke up, Elon Musk came out with the idea of selling Tesla tequila. He probably tweeted about the idea and someone said, that's a funny idea. You should do it. And he did. And it sells out. We live in a weird consumer nation now where Justin Bieber signs a deal with Crocs, sends out one tweet and sells out a whole line of Crocs. Jay Blevin signs a deal with McDonald's and sells out McDonald's meals with one tweet. Travis Scott, same thing. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. Who knew? Mexico's Tequila Regulatory Council said the name Tesequila evokes the word tequila. And the word tequila is a protected word. And I'm like, what world do we live in that a Mexican authority 
is actually named the Mexico's Tequila Regulatory Council. You know, there's a president of a tequila regulatory council who's probably getting paid from the tequila dealers. Some of this blows my mind what jobs have been created in the world. But tested tequila will be available only in selected United States, including New York, California, and Washington. But it's sold out. It's a sleek lightning bolt design bottle. A lot different than what Musk imagined when he touted the tequila. Uh, Anyway. He gets in trouble with Mexico for using the word tequila in his own product. I just, the stuff we can patent and, and lawsuit and trademark and fight with each other over. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. Today's not a great day on Wall Street, but it's not bad. The S&P 500 is down fractions, like one-tenth of one percent. Same thing with the Dow. NASDAQ's down one-third of a percent. Little Haim taking us to break. Rock and roll sisters. I love it. I'm Rob Black.